Hello everyone, this is Tom, and uh, welcome to Teaching Writing in College after a winter break. I'm glad to be back. It's been a while since I've posted a an episode or recorded an episode. I meant to do more before the break or during the break, but we all know how that goes. And so uh, here I am. I just want to continue a series on uh, the one of the class mottos that I have. Um, writing is made of genres, and genres are made of rocks. Uh, these this uh, series of episodes is about how genres work and why they're important in the classroom in a writing classroom and uh, how to uh, use that concept of rocks or genre in the writing classroom and so I've got a few things prepared today it's a little less formal than normal I usually develop or put together a PowerPoint and then use that but uh, this time I'm just going to go through some materials that I have already it's the beginning of the semester, and uh, I think uh, this is a great place. I, I am doing some of the things that I'm going to talk about on the podcast uh, right now, especially early in the semester, to prepare to use genre as a concept throughout the semester. Um, I think I forgot our driving question. The driving question is, how can instructors in higher education leverage theory, science, pedagogy, and craft most eff- effectively to help their learners with writing? And so I hope this episode lives up to that. Um, there are some things here that I'd like to cover. I've got about five of them. The first is a little bit of inspiration. I've been talking about how I would like to bring in material to the podcast that uh, has helped me understand genre and how it works. And so uh, there's a paragraph that I'm going to point out from Carolyn Miller's Genre as Social Action uh, that uh, will kick us off. And then I've got some samples of genres that I've collected to use in class. I've got, you know, I try to collect different genres, different kinds of writing from lots of places. I keep them on a flash drive and then uh, I can use them to develop a, you know, sometimes a brief PowerPoint, sometimes more depending on what I'm talking about with students. And then uh, I also do, I don't have samples here today, but uh, in my PowerPoint, sprinkled through some of my PowerPoints are genres that students use every day, like texts or TikToks and things like that. So I try to bring in lots of different kinds of writing so that students can see them and we can talk about them and learn about writing with that as a framework. Research on students' majors and anticipated careers. I I can show you a little bit of what I like to do with that. Um, And I can also show you putting together a brief exercise, uh, a genre analysis with rocks. I've got a couple of examples of that. And uh, that's where we are. I guess I could also add uh, to the second one, samples of genres I've collected to use in class. I've got um, everyday ones and uh, ones that are oriented towards student careers. So I'll just say student-oriented ones that they might see themselves using in the future. So I'll just add that to my second item for today. So. We can start with inspiration, Carolyn Miller's genre as social social action. I have that pulled up here. Uh, If you haven't read it, I think it's a fantastic bit of background reading for teaching writing. Um, It's from the Quarterly Journal of Speech, uh, volume 70, 1984. So it's many, well, 40 years old now, Uh, pages 151 to 167. 
And I'm just going to scroll down and highlight a paragraph that really sticks in my mind about this. I think the whole thing is worth reading. And there is a lot of rhetorical theory in there. She kind of works through some of that carefully so that she can develop a definition of genre, which, of course, has to do with social action, as the title explains. But what I have here is a paragraph in this article that uh, has really stuck with me over time, and uh, especially when I read this with an eye toward teaching writing and learning more about genre. And so I just want to talk through it a little bit briefly. I've got some material that's highlighted, which indicates you know things that I'm drawing from, and then some material that's not highlighted, which I'll still talk about, but uh, it's also ma material that has some background information that I don't understand very well. So I just wanted to make that distinction. Um, now I'm going to quote her here. So in some quote, in some, what I am proposing so far is that in rhetoric, the term genre be limited to a particular type of discourse classification, a classification based in rhetorical practice and consequently open rather than closed and organized around situated actions. That is pragmatic rather than syntactic or semantic. And so it's about how the communication gets used and the role that it plays in social action. Really important there. Uh, the next part that I don't understand so well. Quote, I do not mean to suggest that there is only one way or one fruitful way to classify discourse. Classifications and distinctions based on form and substance have told us much about sentimentalism, women's liberation, and doctrinal movements, for example. But we do not gain much by calling all such classes genres. Unquote. So that particular part that's not highlighted there that I just read. Um, I don't quite understand all the background information on that, but it looks like uh, she's saying that uh, there are other folks who have used the term genre to classify what seem to be ideological movements or, or shifts in paradigms and things like that. So sentimentalism, women's liberation, and doctrinal movements. And so um, I don't know enough about the background. I looked at that footnote, and I don't recognize the names there, and I'd have to do a bit more background reading on that. But what she's trying to do, clearly from this example, is she's trying to be a little bit narrower than folks maybe have been in the past about using the word genre to uh, describe discourse. And so we'll go to the next part. Quote, the classification I am advocating is, in effect, ethnomethodological. It seeks to explicate the knowledge that practice creates. This approach insists that the de facto genres, the types we have names for in everyday language, tell us something theoretically important about discourse. To consider as potential genres such homely discourse, I really like that word homely, as the letter of recommendation, the user manual, the progress report, the ransom note, the lecture, and the white paper, as well as the usually, excuse me, eulogy, the apologia, the inaugural, the public proceeding, and the sermon, is not to trivialize the study of genres. It is to take seriously the rhetoric in which we are immersed and the situations in which we find ourselves. And so these are very everyday genres, and um, that passage has really stuck with me. You know, those are things that... Uh, help us understand how writing works in different situations. And by looking at those, we can uh, learn about a lot about writing, a lot about genre, and how to make adjustments to uh, writing as we fit different uh, rhetorical situations and different uh, actions or different uh, recurring occasions, I guess I should say, as we're trying to use discourse in certain social actions. And so... Uh, I like to bring that into the classroom and other, or at least, uh, you know, that's what's in, in my mind as I do a lot 
of the things that I do with genre. Uh, another just little highlighted line here. I think this adds some clarity to her definition. If we understand genres as typified rhetorical actions based in recurrent situations, and then she goes on to talk about something else, but I really like that. Typified rhetorical actions based in recurrent situations. And that has a lot to do with uh, uh, the way that I think about writing when I bring it into the classroom. All right, so there's Carolyn Miller. Really great read. And I made those annotations. I'll just save those in my in that PDF I got from the library. But um, if we move on, samples of genres I've collected to use in class. So everyday ones and student-oriented ones. I've got a couple of examples of those. So um, where am I going to go? Uh, let's see. All right here. Nope, this isn't it. I have in my flash drive on my screen here when I get to it, um, I have a folder that I keep a lot of material in. And the top one, of course, I put it number one, genre, up there. And what I've done here is I've just collected a lot of genres. And you can kind of see this here. I've just got lots of files full of things. So um, I've got a few possible PowerPoints that I might use to have students write in different genres. Um, I've got uh, uh, one time when I was over visiting my in-laws, uh, they had something from AARP. It was an article about fraud. And so um, I made just a, a, a copy of it in case I you know, maybe want to bring a piece of it into the classroom uh, and uh, have students analyze it. Um, I've got some letters in there. An advertisement from Amazon. You know, I keep getting hard copies of those in the mail uh, around Christmas time. Uh, because uh, Amazon probably knows that I have young children. And um, so there are some toy advertisements in there. I've got a, that. Uh, there's Arizona Executive Order. Um, this was back during COVID. Uh, this executive order came out about staying home, staying healthy, staying connected. Uh, I could bring something like that into the classroom. Um, I've got some examples of actual projects in uh, the curriculum here at GCU where I work. Uh, in one of our writing courses, uh, students do a blog. And so having some samples of blogs can be useful. Whether or not they're actually working on blogs, I could use it in other classes too, just as a brief example. Um, I've got uh, a cartoon in here. Just a, This is uh, somebody I know, actually. The author, Tony Carrillo, um, is uh, uh, the husband of one of my wife's really good friends growing up. And uh, he writes uh, F minus, if you've seen that. I've got a few other cartoons in there. Um, here's one from, uh, this one looks like it was a study. I'll click on some of these. I should click on some. But this is, you know, the typical uh, study that uh, students like to use sometimes uh, when they are looking for research. Or sometimes teachers in our discipline or in other disciplines want to use them as well. So a couple of examples of that. There's the children's dictionary that I used in a previous podcast, the page, uh, one page entry, there, or the entry there. Uh, that's in there. Classified ads, um, commentaries. Another example of a, of a genre that's uh, in our curriculum currently in English 105. And so I like to you know find examples of those out on the internet and sometimes bring them into class. Um, Computer science plan. What's that one? 
some of these I haven't used. I just I collect more than I end up using. Oh, this is a yeah. I showed this as well. So this comes from uh, the computer science major at that uh, university that I can't find on the document. I wish I could find that, but uh, such a useful item there to uh, just help me understand what genres computer science majors might be interested in. Um, I've got something from Urban Dictionary. Sometimes it's fun to bring uh, genres in from, uh, you know, that students might uh, find amusing. And so uh, that one is about the present face. Um, an engineering research article, greeting card. Um, I get those sometimes, you know, uh, especially from my mom and dad. And so sometimes I say, oh, I could bring that in. Or a handout at a doctor's office. Here's one as well. You know, just things that everybody can identify with, these everyday genres that uh, uh, Carolyn Miller was talking about. So this one is about allergies in children. I've had uh, one of my children, especially in the doctor's office every once in a while with allergies, you know, at urgent care or uh, um, at the at the pediatrician's office. And uh, we end up getting handouts and things like that sometimes. And so these are all just things that can be taken into our classrooms and then analyzed. Um, so another uh, item that I have is, oops, to go along with that, uh, this little folder here, 107. That's one of our courses here at GCU. It's um, Introduction to Writing for the Sciences. It's a first-year writing course for STEM majors. And um, one thing that I do, you know, I, I have students fill out name tags and then... Um, I also have them write on those name tags, you know, what their majors are and what their um, anticipated careers are. And then I take notes on that. So uh, this is from last year and I'm teaching that class again so I can go back to it and maybe add to it. But I've got exercise science, forensic science, computer science, where we've got things like software development or cybersecurity cyber and game and simulation development and things, environmental science, industrial engineering. I don't know how I misspelled industrial, but I did right there. Um, mechanical engineering, lots of engineering. Um, exercise science, um, and then they go into, and I've, I tried to you know keep track of some of the careers too, like kinesiology or sports performance or uh, um, some of the others as well. So lots of majors there. And then um, what I do is I can go out on the Internet and do some, uh, research on that. Uh, maybe I'll show you one of those examples next. Um, did I say that uh, one of the majors that I get a lot in this class, I can't, is it on there? Um, physical therapy. A major or an anticipated career. Uh, I get a lot of uh, aspiring physical therapists in there. And so um, maybe I can show that next. Uh, one of the things that I like to do, you know, just uh, for a quick activity, sometimes it's just a quick little review, you know, before we move on to other things, and sometimes we practice in more detail. Um, but uh, just this is a quick uh, two-part sequence, just first uh, with, well, th three parts, really. So um, what I would do in, uh, you know, with the, phys well, not with just with the physical therapist, but with as many as I can, um, I'd have everybody define each element of rocks, and so recurring occasion content structure and style just for them to review what uh, ROCKS is. And we want to kind of reinforce that in terms of memory 
and understanding. And so just a quick review, just a couple of minutes to have them uh, write that out just briefly. And then I could, within their groups, have them go out on the internet and find some samples of soap notes uh, because that's something that physical therapists use. And so I've got uh, just a Google search here uh, that they might find, you know, they might find examples like this. And I, uh, you know, I did this for physical therapists, but I also noted that it uh, looks like social workers might use those as well. So that's great. You know, I there are, in one of our other classes, I get a lot of, uh, social work majors, and so um, uh, this could speak to them as well. And um, but anyway, soap notes, uh, sub, uh, subjective, objective assessment, and plan. So subjective, you know what uh, the patient or client says about their situation, and then objective, what the uh, physical therapist or also a social worker or probably some others observe, uh, doctors and others probably, and then assessment. Uh, what assessment they have and then plan, you know, how are they going to move forward? And so just something like that, you know, can be studied. And it's something that a lot of students it looks like might use every day. And so I'd have them go find some samples and then I would combine those two things. We've got the elements of rocks. We've got their samples of soap notes. And then the third step would be to have the group do just a rocks analysis on soap notes. You know, what's the recurring occasion for soap notes? what seems like some typical content structure and style. Uh, and uh, this could be, you know, a five or a 10 minute activity, probably up to about 10 minutes. If I just want to do a quick review or I could turn it into something bigger. Um, one of the ways that I could make something bigger is, let me go to this next one, uh, is hold a little bit of a longer practice session. Um, what do I have here? Or it could be a longer practice session. I'm trying to see. Okay. I didn't have a scenario like I thought I did. But uh, this also looks like it's kind of brief. But you could have a longer discussion about things like structuring writing. So, uh, for example, um, here I have a set of instructions. It's very small on the screen because I didn't want students to see it. And so you can't see it either. Uh, just enough to possibly be able to tell what it is. It's a set of instructions from a thermometer at home that we use to, you know, take our temperature when we're sick. And uh, I shrunk it down because I didn't want students to be able to see it because, you know, that's a genre. And then what I want to do with that genre is I want to have students work with a, a little bit with a su another supporting strategy for writing. So in this case, it's familiar to unfamiliar, which I think I've talked about on the podcast before, where you have, it's a structural strategy for uh, writers to uh, help readers follow along. And so um, the idea is that certain kinds of familiar information need to come earlier so that other unfamiliar information makes more sense later. And that could happen, you know, at the whole document level or at the paragraph level or whatever. And so what I did with this one is I took this set of instructions and I just took one part of it. You can see the little different sections in there. I took just one part of it and it has about four or so, four or five sentences in that little part and I uh, scrambled those sentences so that they you know don't make sense they don't seem to flow and it's up to the student to rewrite the instructions so that they uh, flow better from familiar to unfamiliar certain things need to be familiar with the audience for the audience earlier so that other things make sense later and so um, uh, that's another thing that you can do and you could get into bigger discussions about structure 
bigger practice sessions uh, with some of these as you go. But uh, just having a lot of genres available, some of them just everyday genres like this set of instructions and others that are a little bit more specialized and related to what students might be doing later, like soap notes or what they see themselves doing later, uh, is really healthy. It's uh, important um, in cognitive psychology to make sure that uh, when you bring examples in, that you bring in a good wide variety of examples. Like we don't want to focus in too much on, you know, maybe just the student's anticipated career. I mean, we want to do that. We want to make sure that they have opportunities to practice that, but to kind of broaden their understanding of writing and to help it stick better, it helps to have other kinds of examples too. And so the everyday one about, you know, a set of instructions for a thermometer or, um, I don't know if you saw, but I have some examples of sales receipts in my, uh, collection of genres that I've, you know, brought home from a shopping trip and scanned and I've hung on to them in case I want to grab them and use them. Uh, that's, uh, what uh, you can do with a lot of different genres um, if you have them, if you collect them. Um, let's see, what else do I have on our list today? So, uh, okay, yeah. So, so far we've covered the inspiration, Carolyn Miller, samples of genres that I've collected to use in class. Um, let's see, research on students' majors and anticipated careers. Um, I showed a little bit of that, just, you know, how I'm always looking for things, understanding who they are, what their majors are, and then putting together a brief re uh, exercise. I thought this might be a good one, just a genre analysis with rocks. You know, if I uh, have a bunch of different genres um, at my disposal, uh, where's one that I could just... Here I have, I think... Um, I've used Food Label before on the podcast. Um there's a GCU has a lab report. And so, um, you know, that they use across a lot of different courses. I could do something like that. Um, I could, uh, uh, do a profile or an urgent care or a sales receipt. Uh, just for example, maybe I'll grab a sales receipt here. I've got this, oh, that's a, a generic one that I got from somewhere. Do I have any others? I think I've got a Home Depot one. I think this is one that I yeah, this is one that I uh, brought in. But um, okay, great. Looks like I bought a light switch some time ago. But um, what you can do with that is uh, if I am using something similar to PowerPoint, I'm using LibreOffice. I'll pull up LibreOffice here. And... This will just be a quick one. I'll just probably make it like the other one that I had just uh, for the sake of time here. But um, if I open this up and uh, um, I can, you know, put whatever information I feel like I need to in there. But then I could say, okay, just a review, maybe uh, a review of rocks. And uh, just like I did before, so what are the... the definitions recurring occasion content structure and style and just have them write that in their notes or whatever or they could talk about it whatever it is that you're doing 
with your pedagogy. Pedagogy. I like to have them write it down uh, because it gives them a moment to uh, think carefully. And then um, could maybe uh, have them as a group. I could insert a maybe a screenshot or something like that, which um, I don't know what I how to do that while I'm in the podcast right here. But uh, can I? Let's see. I don't know if I can do that here right now while I'm also running the podcast. The tool that I'm using to run the podcast, it's called Kazam, K-A-Z-A-M, is also the tool that I would use to take a screenshot. So I don't know. I, th- I don't think it's going to let me right now. Looks like it won't. But um, anyway, I would put the um, image here, an everyday genre. I'll just write an image of an everyday genre for you if you want to follow along and do this yourself. So here I'd just put an image of an everyday genre and uh, and then just in the group uh, describe or individually describe the recurring occasion content structure style for uh, for this Home Depot receipt if that's what I happens to be using. And so um, that's what I would do. That would be a quick way just to take into account or just to use some of the genres that uh, we've used and just to help reinforce it for students every once in a while. Uh, so genre is an important term for them to be familiar with and um, uh, it uh, is really helpful. So um, I think that's it. I think I've been through everything that I'd like to Uh, talk about today. And so I appreciate your uh, listening and uh, I hope you are having a happy new year. Some of you may be getting ready to teach. Some of you may have already started. Um, I'm a little bit behind the curve. I still want to spend a little bit of time uh, finding genres for my students that are oriented toward what they are doing. I think I've got some sprinkled through my PowerPoints, like the Soap Notes one was one that I already had, and I know I've got some other ones from last year, but uh, I do always want to keep thinking about that and uh, keeping an eye on what students are coming into my classes, what their majors are, and then trying to find some material that's going to uh, speak to those majors. And so um, uh, I've got them uh, in there, and I just want to keep doing that. They're in my lesson plans. So thank you so much. I uh, wish you well this semester. I'm going to continue to post a little bit more about this class theme or class motto that I have. Writing is made of genres and genres are made of rocks. Uh, I still want to cover uh, the story about how I came up with rocks as an acronym, uh, which I think I'll do next time. And I can say a little bit more about some of the theories that have informed me. The Carolyn Miller one is a really important one, and there are some other ones too. Uh, that uh, will probably come out uh, when I uh, tell the story of the acronym. So I appreciate having you uh, on the podcast, and I uh, will close for now. So thanks again for listening, and I will be back with more soon.